feel collectively made us all absolutely feral. So did she take a little lesson from her and inadvertently do things like this to get people talking about it? Will she ever confirm it? Probably not. I think it would be more beneficial to her on a marketing standpoint to just let all of these stories continue to build. This is not just another housewife podcast. Celebrity gossip consuming my brain. You cannot tell me that for the last two years, all of these dates have not been blocked off with NFL stadiums. It is all happening. I'm Brett, and this is the Oops I Gossiped Again podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Oops, I Gossiped Again podcast. I'm your host, Britt. I hope that you've had a wonderful weekend and your week is off to a good start. So let me share with you a little bit about my weekend. I, as probably many other people, had made the conscious decision to do a dry January. I have no intention to ever be completely sober. Sober-ish, I've always kind of flopped around with. I've come to the realization that I don't like to drink during the week. I am not one that is going to pop open a bottle of wine and have a glass every single night. However, we are coming into bachelor season. So, you know, I I don't know why I like to correlate bachelor with a glass of wine, but I have. So if that happens, it is what it is. I'm not one that is drinking on the week anymore, during the week, anything like that unless it's a random girl's night dinner. So for me thinking like, okay, I'm going to do a dry January. It wasn't really that hard of a thing for me to wrap my brain around. And the reason I wanted to do it because I had gotten a point with my drinking. It was almost like I couldn't just sit with friends or family and enjoy a glass of wine or two glasses of wine. It was like, it's going to be the whole bottle and maybe a second. Or I would go out on a night and just be absolutely out of control with it. And rather than enjoying the drink itself, being social and just having a good time, it it was like this all or nothing mindset, right? I would go absolutely out of control, drink too much, loathe myself for days on, on end. So it was like, okay, this would happen on a Saturday. I would feel actually worse in my body on a Monday and even still on Tuesday. Like I'm 37. I'm not a spring chicken. I don't hop up like I did in college. I I just can't. It's physically impossible. Maybe what I need to do is just this whole clear, like get it all out of my body. And in 30 days, it's all out of my body. I want some more focus. I want to be able to have a drink, enjoy it. And really bring back that reminder of like, hey, it's not about completely binging on all the alcohol and having no control over it. It's really just the social aspect and enjoying a glass of wine because I want to taste it. However, what I realized by day 10, 11, which would have been like, I don't know, Wednesday, Thursday last week, it fed that all or nothing mindset more. Now, in my like real life, I'm certified in nutrition and eating disorder recovery. And I say real life, like, okay, that's my, that's what I've done for work for the last many years. And one of the biggest things that I've always 
tried to educate people on and walk people through in my coaching and my services, the all or nothing mindset is restriction. That's why diets never worked, right? That's why dieting is, I can't have that. I can't have that. But once you build upon that, that's one of the major triggers of binge eating. You're constantly restricting and you are having, putting this like moral value around a certain food and you're quote bad because you ate something that you shouldn't eat. But the more that you restrict, the more you want it. So one big thing I've always taught my clients is this pattern of whatever that thing is that you want to eat, like have a little bit every day. Because when you have it more often, the lust is gone. Like it, it becomes something that is always there. And then all of a sudden there might come a day where like you used to binge on all these Oreos, but then you realize, oh, I've been eating one every day. I don't want it anymore. And now these have been in my pantry and I haven't even touched them in two weeks. So that's where I realized I'm like, I am doing the same thing to myself with alcohol that I have always taught my clients to not do with food. And the more that I cut it out and the more that I thought about it, the more I wanted it. On Friday, I went to my aunt and uncle's house for dinner and they're basically my parents. Um, I've lived, I was pretty much raised by them. So we all had dinner together on Friday night and she immediately was like, are you still dry? I have sparkling water. I'm like, listen, I brought the wine. I want to drink the wine. Pour me a glass of wine. I had two glasses of wine and I just enjoyed them. I sipped. It was just casual. Then of course, Saturday night. Okay. So Saturday is an entirely different situation. Saturday, I had to drive about an hour and a half away to go to a specific dance store to get my daughter fitted for ballet shoes. Before we even left, I was like, hey, do we maybe want to stay there? Like, should we plan this? Should we pack a bag? And my husband and I were both kind of like, no, that's okay. Let's just go up there. We'll spend the day. Where we're going, it's the middle of winter. I do, I am from the Midwest. I have said that. So there's a lot of snow. It's usually cold. It's very like gross. We don't see a lot of sun in the winter. And when we got there, we sat down to lunch. I ordered a beer because there are also a lot of microbreweries there and that's what we enjoy. And it was a gorgeous day. It was like 35 degrees. We were walking around downtown now and sunny and this never happens. So we're sitting at lunch and enjoying a beer and I'm like, okay, the beer tastes really good today. (laughs) I would love to go to the other breweries. Why don't we just run to Target? We will get some toothbrushes. I'm going to book a room. We're going to stay the night. And it was never about the idea of, okay, let's get hammered. This is our focus. No, it was, we're here for the night. We haven't been here in about six months. Let's just enjoy it. And we did. We had a wonderful day. It was nice to get away for the night, enjoying ourselves and not feeling like I had to go balls to the wall like I normally would. And that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted out of dry January. So did I fail? Absolutely, I failed. <laughs> I only made it 12 days. That's fine. But what I learned is today, now today is, like I said, Monday when I'm recording. It was Saturday, the last time I had a drink. I woke up so puffy today. And I that same feeling of just drinking more than I probably should have but not as much as I have in the past, but still like listening to your body and understanding that your body is going to tell you everything that you need to know about everything at all times. It's just one of those things I try to teach people all the time. Like your body is going to tell you what it wants, what it needs in the moment or long-term. So for me, 
I can say today I woke up feeling super bloated and puffy and just like ick and kind of run down. And I know that's because of the alcohol I had two days ago. Anyway, you didn't plan to join this podcast today and listen about my dry January journey that failed less than half of the month in, but I think it's relatable. And I, I, I hate when people try to come on and say, Oh, I'm, I'm doing dry January and I'm so good. And then they put like a moral value upon themselves. And if you are someone like me who attempted and didn't quite, you know, end up quote, successful, that it doesn't make you or I any less than someone else that did, right? For me, the lesson learned was the more that I restricted, the more I thought about it, just like with food, in my opinion. If you are in this balance, if this is you, if you did say that you wanted to do dry January and you didn't really follow through, just know you're not alone. Know that like you're not bad. You don't have to have guilt or shame about it. All right, let's move on to more important things because some things happened since the last episode. And the first thing I want to talk about is Miley Cyrus. This woman, since these single flowers came out, has, I feel, collectively made us all absolutely feral in our own self-love and self-care journey. I want to begin this by saying I have always been a Miley stan. I am not of the age or generation that I was a Hannah Montana fan. That was like my kids are too young to get into that at the time and I was too old. So Hannah Montana was not it. Did I watch it? Of course I did. I have watched it multiple times. Was post Hannah Montana party in the USA I hopped off the plane at LAX with a dream in my cardigan like after that you know this this glow up I still put bangers album on repeat at least like once a week because I think it was just a phenomenal completely underrated album I love it and I was also there through it all and did not judge shame or you know cut off Miley when she was doing things that were not so, let's say, well-received by the public. And through that time, she went through a lot where it was like, what is Miley doing? Why why can't she just act right? I mean, we even see that legendary clip of the red carpet where Liam looks at her and is like, why can't you just behave? Like, why are we allowing this woman to be put in a box, right? Even if at that time she was struggling with things, if it was drugs or alcohol, or she was just singing about it and actually wasn't going through any of that, whatever it is, I look at her in the same way that I look at Lady Gaga. I have, I've been to five Lady Gaga concerts and every time I go, it's like that much better. I feel like I've always had to defend her in some way to people that talk shit. Let's take the meat dress controversy for one thing. You know, everyone says this woman is disgusting. This woman is psychotic. This woman is crazy. And they have all of these things to say about Lady Gaga. Throughout all of it, I continued to defend her as I do because the woman is perfection when it comes to her music. She is living in her own world as she should, as we all should be respected enough to have the confidence to do so. She turned heads. She got people talking about her. But the people that talked about her didn't give her enough time to sit and actually listen to her music. I was at a concert one time and I had really good seats. That was, I think, like the second or third time I went. So I made sure that I purchased seats that were 
more expensive. I paid a lot of money for them, but they were very close. Right in front of me was this secondary stage and there was nothing there. It was just, I think this was the art pop tour and there was nothing there. And all of a sudden I'm looking and directly straight in front of me, the floor of this secondary stage opens up and up rises from the ground her piano and her sitting at the piano bench. And now I am maybe 30 feet from her solely playing piano and singing. It was that moment that just solidified it for me, like seeing it live right in front of my face, that everything is a show. Everything with her is a show. And it is meant to be that way because the people that are not going to connect with her are not going to give the time to understand what a fucking talented artist and the vocals that this woman has. And right now I feel like that is what is happening with Miley. There are so many people throughout the years that have talked shit about her performances, talked about the way she has acted, talked about the things she sings about. But those people are also overlooking the fact that she is so fucking talented. She has wonderful lyrics. She has that raspy voice that is unlike anyone else's. She can do things a cappella. She can do things as a show. And that is, that's where I feel they are so very similar because right now, we have people that are like, wait a minute, that's not the same Miley Cyrus that was, you know, singing about doing Molly and doing lines in a bathroom. It most absolutely is. <laughs> it's the same woman. It's just now you're seeing in a different way because she is allowing you to see that side of her. Those of us that have been here, we knew it. We all knew it. But the single is getting a lot of a lot of chatter. And I think this album is going to be one of those for her that's going to change the game. But for me, it was the moment that she left Hannah Montana. Like that is when she changed the game. And if you can see that, I think you're going to see a lot more similarities in the music that she has coming out now. So let's talk about Flowers. Because there was really minimal promotion for this for this single to come out. I mean, she did a couple, I think she had a billboard that she shared she obviously, you know, promoted it and, and really did a hype with the Dolly and Miley's New Year's Eve, which was phenomenal, by the way. If you did not watch that, I would go and find that on demand. It was so good in so many ways. I always forget that Dolly Parton is Miley Cyrus's godmother, and it just, it gives me chills every time I think about it. But other than that, there wasn't a whole lot of promo. Like, we knew that she had music coming. We know that there's an album coming. She let us know but we didn't have any information as to what it was kind of going to be like. And what I have found with this single is, again, I said it earlier, I feel like we're all just like feral beings with this, knowing like, it, it, I haven't stopped playing it. It's constantly on repeat, but also it's giving this independent woman you know, I don't fucking need anybody type of energy. Whether you are single or you are in a committed relationship, I think there's always ways that we can find the similarities in those feelings. For me, I'm like, no, I husband, I want you to go and do the grocery shopping because I don't want to leave the house. But also remember that I don't need you to. I don't, I don't need you to. I can do that all for myself. And it's like, did Miley just give us the therapy that we all needed in the matter of like three days while we all really became addicted to this song? What's even better is the rumors. It's giving very much Swifty vibes. 
And not that I am comparing Taylor and Miley. Like, that's not what I mean. What I mean is because there was no promotion, it everyone is jumping to all these rumors and all of these things happening behind the scenes with this song, just like Swifties do when we all look like fucking clowns trying to find all these Easter eggs, right? So did she take a little lesson from her and inadvertently do things like this to get people talking about it. Again, there was little to no promotion, but in just a few days, it's already huge. So let's talk about some of the things that are surrounding this that people have come up with. First and foremost, we hear physically the relationship that it carries with Bruno Mars song, you know, kind of the back and forth. I should have bought you flowers. I can buy my own flowers. We we all have heard it and listened to it. And it's very clear once it clicks, it's, it's there. It's very clear. And that's not something that, you know, I wonder if she had to get permission from him or if she sent him the lyric. I tried to find a statement that he had put out maybe since this came out. I couldn't find anything, but I would imagine that she probably went to him like, hey, what do you think about this? Read through it. Let me know. And I'm sure that he got her, you know, blessing and approval. But because it's not actually sampling any of that music, there's no legality that she would have had to. In my opinion, I'm sure that she probably did. That's just how I feel because I think she's that type of person. So the references to those are very clear. There is apparently a rumor that Liam once dedicated that song to Miley. And again, all of these things that I'm about to tell you, I have not done enough research into them to find out if they were actually true. I'm just taking what everyone is talking about and kind of putting it out there because this is what blows my mind about the way that we can have something that just becomes such a phenomenon that it creates its own PR. Supposedly, Liam at one point had dedicated that song to Miley, whether he was feeling, you know, badly, like I should have done more, I should have done more, whatever. The song is clearly about their relationship. And then you have to wonder, like, is it just that one song or is it going to be the whole album that's going to come from that? But I think it's pretty pretty clear that we see how she feels about that. And if he had, in fact, dedicated that song specifically to her, then she's a fucking genius to take that and use it for her own empowerment. Another rumor is that she filmed the video in a house that he had rented to cheat on her with 14 women. I have seen nothing that confirms any of that. I don't know where it came from, but... (laughs) I, if it's true, I'm here for it. But again, solid PR. And also in the video, we have her dancing around in this oversized black suit. And everyone has gone crazy thinking it's an Easter egg that is referencing that moment on the black carpet when he had told her to behave. She kind of pushed him out and did her own thing. Are these legitimate nods that she was going through? with the production of it and really taking a piece out of Taylor Swift's notebook to allow for that? I don't know. Will we ever know? Probably not. Will she ever confirm it? Probably not. I think it would be more beneficial to her on a marketing standpoint to just let all of these stories continue to build. Because just think if you are one of those people in that time frame, like why is she acting like this? Why does she need to grind all over everybody? Like the whole Robin Thicke thing, that that was the VMAs, I think, that performance, that was talked about and she was belittled by so many people for what she did. If you were one of those people, now you're looking at it and it's kind of like, for her, probably a big fuck you. 
Because maybe now you're coming full circle and saying, wow, she is a phenomenal artist. She is so smart. She is doing it. She really blew this thing up. But we all knew it from the very beginning. Whatever it is, whatever's true, whatever's not true, I think she would be smart to just let it all play out, see what happens. She's probably just giggling and laughing. Maybe she's sitting going, haha, you know, like rubbing her hands together like my plan worked. Everything's happening. Who knows? Whatever it is, she's a genius and she is a phenomenal artist and I cannot wait to hear the rest of this album. Like the fact that we now have to wait until March for this to come out is unsettling. If it's anything like Bangers, which in my opinion was a banger of an album, I think we are in for a new evolution of Miley Cyrus and I'm here for it. Let's transition to a different queen of music and that is Britney Spears. And I am not here to speculate. I am not here to judge. I am not here to share conspiracy theories. I don't think that she is okay. I don't think she has ever been okay. And I think it's really hard to continue all of these things and these stories when we have no idea. In my opinion, the constant barrage of conspiracy theories and she's you know she's dead or she's a clone or she's a dupe like it does more damage than it does to be helpful I can understand why people would be concerned I can get that but also I think we need to do a little bit more respect of her privacy and let her work through the things she's going through so when I talk about this incident that happened this weekend allegedly that TMZ ran with, this is not me trying to speculate on it or share conspiracy theories. I want to share what I think about the whole situation as a whole that happened allegedly. So TMZ had reported that Brittany had a quote manic episode in a restaurant and that Sam was so upset with her that he left her there. And this stems from a video of someone else that was also in the restaurant that she, that had taken a picture of her sitting alone at a table. Now this person clearly did it with the sole purpose of selling it to TMZ. And this is what pisses me off about the whole situation. We weren't there. And even if you were there, I think maybe seeing what you're seeing and recording it and allowing a tabloid to spin it in such a way is disgusting behavior. In the TMZ article, they mentioned many patrons were recording her. She got, quote, in a manic episode. She was talking gibberish. She was talking erratically. Sam leaves her. And then we have this one video. So if there's multiple people that were trying to record her and trying to get pictures, where are the rest of them, first of all? But there's this one video that was used that clearly they had to pay for. So until this person comes out and says, I was just doing it to be, you know, because I know that she hasn't been in public, it's bullshit. Like in my opinion, this behavior was disgusting because in the video, we see her sitting at a table by herself. She's kind of chatting away. Her hands are moving and she grabs a menu and puts the menu over her face because no matter how sneaky said person thought that they were being, Their fucking camera was directly on her face, like zooming in. And it's like the person that recorded didn't even attempt to make it quiet, to do it quietly, to do it privately. Like they just straight up recorded her. And have we ever thought that maybe we aren't seeing Britney in public because she doesn't want to be? 
Maybe she is going through so much mentally that she can't handle the paparazzi, that she can't handle having her picture taken. Maybe that's why she's running off to Maui, allegedly, or running off to Mexico, allegedly, because it allows her to be somewhere and do something that she wants to do without being filmed. I just feel like if I am waking up today as that person that took the video, sold it to TMZ, I am waking up feeling like a piece of shit. And if they don't, I think you really need to check your, your, your moral compass a little bit. Because the moment that menu goes up over her face, you know she does not want to be filmed. And that person continues to film directly in her face. Now, this isn't the first time that TMZ has done this. I think it was either last week or the week before, there was a birthday party and Paris had shared some photos that was like a throwback. You know, it was like, happy 40th birthday. We've had so many memories together, et cetera, et cetera. Paris Hilton shares all of these photos, one being a group photo of the Cade, Paris, and Brittany. Now, Paris's intention is to throw or to show throwback photos. And Brittany happens to be in one where she is celebrating and telling a friend happy birthday. TMZ then took it and was like, 40th birthday party held for Cade and look who was there, Brittany in Paris. No, 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 no. And now I'm seeing in Paris Hilton's comments that people are starting to berate her for sharing the photo and for starting the rumor. And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, no. She did not do that. She shared throwback photos and TMZ took it and created a narrative around it. And I know this has been going on for years and years and years, and it's never going to stop. If we've learned anything from Prince Harry and Meghan Markle <laughs> at this point, like you can't take all of this for truth all of the time. There was another article that had come out from a European tabloid, and I guess all the European tabloids ran with it, that Rob Kardashian had OD'd. Now, don't you think that if Rob Kardashian had OD'd, that you wouldn't be seeing Chris out in public, which we have? Like, that that's his mother. She would obviously be caring to him. I don't think that's some big Kardashian, you know, controversy or cover-up. It's just remembering, like, the European tabloids have different expectations, have different morals, have different guidelines that they follow. Whereas the American ones aren't great, but they're not nearly as bad. But I don't know what TMZ is doing lately because that this whole Britney thing that they're trying to spin, I can't understand it. And I don't want to try to understand it because it's gross. And again, the person that sent that video that sold, because remember, these are not just random videos, like TMZ has to buy it. They have to pay money to people, whether they are paparazzi or they are random people like you or I that have a celebrity sighting. If they want it badly enough, they are going to pay for it. So this person didn't just hand it over or accidentally give it to TMZ. They were paid money for being a shitty person in that moment. Everyone kind of needs to check themselves when it comes to Britney, I think. And by no means do I want, if you are a person that is really on, you know, in the free Britney movement and things. By no means am I trying to say that you shouldn't be concerned, but I just feel like we need to be careful. And we need to know that there could be a lot of things going on with her that are nothing of what these conspiracy theories are saying. And it's simply a matter of someone who is deeply, deeply troubled to 
create a narrative around that is even more disgusting, I think, than just trying to allow her to be in her own space to heal. I will say, I think her husband's a piece of trash. <laughs> no matter, get around that. Like, I think he's taking advantage of a situation. And But that's a whole other story for another time. I hope that if you are in the Free Britney camp and really deeply involved in that, that you don't, you're not like, oh, this woman is crazy, me. And stop listening to the podcast now because you're pissed off at me. This is just something, this is the reason that I'm not talking about it anymore because I don't want to continue spreading to that narrative and building upon it. But I think the whole situation of how this story came about was utterly disgusting. And that's all that I wanted to talk about. Last but not least, I want to talk about traitors on Peacock. If you are not watching the show, first of all, get Peacock. I think I say it on every single episode. Sign up for Peacock. Sign up for Peacock um, because The Traders is actually very good. And this, there are no spoilers in this because I am not even finished. So don't worry. You can listen to this. I'm not going to spoil it for you. I'm going to share some things that I've noticed about the show without spoilers. So The Traders is a mystery reality TV game, like a challenge. But it has some people that are reality TV celebrities, and then it has some people that are just average Joe Americans. We have some Bravo fans. We have Reza from Shaws of Sunset. We have Brandy Glanville from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and Ultimate Girls Trip. We have Kate Chastain, who was below deck. Who else from Bravo did we have? Oh, Kyle from Summer House. And then we have some people from Big Brother. I've never watched Big Brother. We also had some Survivor people. I've never watched Survivor. And then we had Ari from Bachelor. And when I tell you, when he came in, I did not even, I was like, who is this man? I did not even recognize him. He has changed so much. In my opinion, he and his little babe might be happy ever after. He's still a villain. So fuck you, Ari but he's actually been really sweet in the show. And then it's kind of confusing because you have all of these reality stars, but then you have a mixed and, and working with just average Americans. No, you know, influencers, quote, average Americans. One is a van life influencer. I'm like, ah, yeah, makes sense. But some, um, there's a political analyst and there's an ER nurse. Like they're all just kind of mixed together. So the point of the show, which it actually took me at least two episodes to even understand what the point was, what they were actually doing. And honestly, it took me like up three or four episodes to really get into it. So if you start watching it and you're like, this is slow, I'm not entertained, I'm not into it, don't give up. I, trust me, don't give up. Like let yourself get into episode four, episode five. It really starts heating up. I just finished episode five last night. So that's where I'm at. I'm about halfway through. But if you feel like it's slow, give it a shot. Give it a chance. So the point is they have what's called the like the host chooses three traders and then everyone else are faithfuls. And they have to do these missions through each day as teams. For missions completed, they build a cash pot. So the point is these traders are meant to lie and deceive the rest of the group. And every night the traders kill someone off that is basically getting too close to deciding who, like they have to guess who these traders are. And they kind of just all start accusing each other and you can't trust anyone and everyone's lying. And every night they all try to vote someone off who they think is a traitor. Then the traders kill someone that they think is getting too close. It's just, it's, it's chaos. It is chaos. Again, it took me a while to understand what the whole point of it all is. 
But the deceit and the lies and the accusations, it's so good. So good. One thing about the show is that I wish they didn't tell us who the traitors are. So like the entire show, we as viewers know who they are. I wish that they had chosen them. And when we see the traitors like do their thing, I wish that they were anonymous and that they had like voice changers or something. So we as viewers could follow along trying to figure out who they are too. I think that would have made the whole show a bit more exciting and more entertaining to watch and kind of keep you enthralled, like make you a part of the game. But they told us, which is fine. I think it'd be more fun if we didn't know, but we know. So we get to see like when they're trying to figure things out, who they actually are and if they're hot or cold. The one thing I find so funny though is the way that people make accusations against other people, <laughs> the reasons why. I think if you were not, and again, I've never seen Big Brother and I've never seen Survivor. So some of these people, like if you don't watch Bravo, but you watch those shows, you might be thinking the exact same thing that I'm thinking in a different way. Because I can tell that there are people on this show, whether they are Big Brother or Survivor or they're just the average Americans, that don't watch Bravo, that don't know the Bravo stars that are in it. At one point, one girl was like, I know that it's Brandy Glanville because she is just creating chaos all over the castle. And it's like, ma'am, tell me you've never watched Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or know who Brandy Glanville is without telling me because that woman will create chaos everywhere she goes. No matter if she is a traitor or not, <laughs> she is going to cause the chaos. Another one's like, I think it's Kyle, you know, from Summer House. I think it's Kyle because he's, so meticulous in the way that he wants to get everyone to be on his side and believe his story. And I'm sitting here thinking, no, this is just sober Kyle. We've seen over dramatic and over analytical and over, <laughs> over, over Kyle when he's drunk. But like this is this is Kyle when he's sober. That is Kyle. That's not a game. You can't tell me that you think he's a traitor because he's a game. Again, I'm not doing spoilers. You will not find out from me who is or who is not. So don't take any part of that as what I'm saying, thinking I'm spoiling things because I'm not. This is all hypothetical. And then there was one comment of someone talking about Kate Chastain, which, hold on. I forgot how much I love Kate. Like she was our chief stew on Below Deck for so many seasons. I want Kate on reality TV all the time. And she's pregnant now and she's gonna have a baby and a little family. So she's probably not going to. But even if we could give her like a reality TV to discuss reality TV again, I think there was that couch show she was on for a while. Anything. Because I fucking love Kate. And this game, this show has really allowed her personality to come out. And like the people on the show are saying, they're like, I, I know it's Kate. I know it's Kate because she's so, she's so judgmental and she's so calculated. Again, no, that's Kate. Like one of her first lines in the very first episode is, I'm going to be so good at this game because I love judging people. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. We all do. And I love a judgy Kate. I really do. I always have, but I forgot how much I missed her and loved her on my television. That's really all I can say without giving away any spoilers. I am not sponsored. 
I would love to be because I talk about Peacock TV so much that I should be paid for it, but I am not. You need to have Peacock. You're going to have Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. You have Real Housewives of Miami. We now have The Traders, and there are so many more. There is a show coming out with Natasha Lyon. I think it's called Poker Face. If I remember correctly, I think that's what it's called. That's coming out at the end uh, next week, the end of the month sometime. I'm so excited for that. I love and adore her. I am not paid to tell you to go and give your money to NBC for Peacock. I am not paid to. I am just a friend here in your ear telling you that if you are any sort of Bravo fan, it would be in your best interest to have Peacock streaming. Speaking of Ultimate Girls Trip, one little story about Brandy Glanville. I, I can't make this shit up with this woman anymore. So the women are getting ready, I think this week or next week to go to Morocco, allegedly, to start filming for Ultimate Girls Trip season four. Now season three is coming. It's already been filmed. We don't yet have a date. We've seen a partial trailer from BravoCon, but we haven't had an official trailer and we do not have an official date. But season three is coming in 2023. The women of season four are leaving sometime soon here in the next week to Morocco to begin filming. And I shared my thoughts on the whole cast on another episode, but Alex McCord went to, I don't know if it was Twitter and I think it was Instagram and said basically like, Hey, I've been out of the game for 12 years. I want to know what your favorite moments are of all these women that I have to, you know, go and film with. We're going to start with Brandy Glanville because she was going alphabetically as Alex McCord would. She's not haphazard. We're going to start with Brandy Glanville. What are your favorite Brandy moments? In true Brandy fashion, probably after some cocktails, she goes to Twitter and says, has this bitch never heard of YouTube? I hope she got a few more followers from this post. She does a lot to play this villain. And I don't know if she's trying to buy back her diamond. I do have a feeling like as Real Housewives of Beverly Hills starts filming, if it feels boring, they may pull her in as a friend of. So I don't know if she's trying to like buy her way in with unnecessary rude bullshit. In my opinion, Alex McCord is going to be eaten alive by these women. I really do feel like that. I think she's been out too long. She is not as strong of a personality as the other women that are on. I just think she's going to either be eaten alive or fade into the background. But you haven't even packed your bags yet, Brandy Glanville. You haven't even packed your bags yet. Let it be. This woman was actually coming asking, you know, to get to know her castmates in a way that feels good. And Brandy just needs to take it down enough. She does not need to be such a condescending, villainous bitch at all times. But then if she weren't, she would probably just fade into the darkness and nobody would ever talk about Brandy again. And, you know, heaven forbid we have that. There were still some things I wanted to chat about on this episode, but I'm already kind of over time. So I'm going to close it up. If there's anything that you want to ask about, if you want to expand on, please do not hesitate as always to send me a DM, leave me a rate review. I would love that. You guys are the reason that I am here and doing this and talking to myself twice a week to get my thoughts out there. And if you keep listening, if you keep loving it, we will do more and hopefully we can start getting some guests on here. But what I need for that is more reviews and more things to kind of go in the charts because guests that are a little bit higher up want to know that they are going to be heard if they have things to say. So if you guys want that to happen as much as I do, I need your help. Please go leave me a review on Apple or Spotify. Leave me, you know, 
five-star rating, whatever it is. I know I beg for it every time. I have no shame in begging for it because I'm here for you and that's what you can do for me. I hope that you have a wonderful day and I'll see you in the next episode.